What's up, folks? Welcome to another edition of Matt Sports House. I'm your host, Matthew Anderson. Got our sports analyst on, former, we just talked about Methodist, former Methodist University receiver, Thomas Hemingway, no stranger to the show. Thomas, what's going on, man? What's going on, man? Happy to be back on. Hey, look, man, Thomas been anxiously awaiting this one. This is, you know, with college football is finally back. You know, we talk about all football on this podcast, but college football is back. It was a major first week. It wasn't one of them sleeper weeks. It was a lot going on there. And so uh, without further ado, welcome to the Sports House. Open up the champagne. Pop. It's my house. Come on. Turn it up. Uh. Hear a knock on the door and the night begins. Cause we've done this before, so you come on in. Make yourself at my home, tell me where you've been. Pour yourself something cold, baby, cheers to this. Sometimes you gotta stay in, and you know where I live. Yeah, you know what we is. Sometimes you gotta stay in. All right, Thomas, we're going to go ahead and start this thing off in Georgia. Uh, where Georgia played Oregon. Before we even get into it, did you predict Georgia win the game? Was your prediction Oregon? What, what were you thinking pregame? No, nah, for sure I was thinking Georgia. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure Georgia. I mean, um, just with – I mean, I, they did lose a lot in the draft, but, you know, they also brought a lot back from that NASA championship team. But, yeah, I, I had Georgia for sure from the jump. It's funny, I was just talking to one of my friends before that game had started, like right when it was like kickoff time, we're near kickoff. And I was like, you know what? Bo Nix, new location. I think he just got married. Bo Nix, what are we going to do? Are we going to come back and avenge? That, that's what I was thinking. I've always been a big Bo Nix fan, besides for like the past year or so. TJ Family took the job. That's neither here nor there. I was a big Bo Nix fan. And then so I saw the first drive, he was connecting, and I didn't realize that the offensive coordinator at Oregon was his offensive coordinator his freshman year at uh at Auburn whenever Auburn. he was like this yeah. freshman. So I'm like, oh we're clicking and then Georgia happened. And Thomas, what, what were your thoughts of the game? Man, I I ain't gonna lie, I definitely didn't expect a, that a blowout to that extent. Um just cause uh I'm gonna probably say it a bunch of times this episode, but I mean I know how week one is just for really any any level of football below the NFL because I mean, well, I can't say below the NFL, but really just in college, because, I mean, in college, you don't get any preseason. College is really the only, you know, football league where you don't have preseason. High school, you got jamborees, scrimmages, stuff like that. NFL, you got preseason games. So I always know, you know, that first week of college ball is going to be kind of, you know, a little rough. You know, players got to get their timing down, all that kind of stuff, just getting used to playing, you know, against other competition. But, nah, Georgia came out and put it on them. Um, I mean, they definitely uh, – asserted their dominance just from the jump. Um, it seemed like right when I cut the game on, it was about 14 nothing already. Um, but that just goes to show you like how deep Georgia is and and they kind of uh, seem like they're taking on that same mantra that Bama uses of, you know, not rebuilding but reloading. Um, it seems like they didn't really take uh, any kind of drop off from last year. Um, and I just say that just because they had Oregon, I think ranked at what, 11 coming into this highly game? Highly ranked, very highly ranked. Yeah, yeah, so. Oregon, you know, to be thought that highly of when Georgia come out and, and put them on them like that, that was that was real impressive to me. Man, that thing was insane. Just in case you're living under a rock, the final score was 49 to three. I thought Stetson Bennett looked comfortable. It seems like he was super comfortable yeah. in the offense. Honestly, it looked like for the majority of this, Georgia was going against their scout team. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it give you to feel like Georgia's like we're we're being challenged by so much. Did, first of all, did you see that corner with that interception the with the elite ball skills? And it's like, okay, yeah. that guy must be a junior, first-round <laughs> prospect, has a, freshman, <laughs> a true freshman. True then freshman. you have the other corner out there, no gloves. You catch a corner out? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that. I've seen that. I said, receiver, bet not. You bet not. If he lines up to jam you, you're jammed. You're going into I'm the game. Bottles. Yeah, no, nah, no gloves. He be business out there. And it made me – and then Darnell Washington, 6'7", 275 pounds, hopping over people to a tight end room that already had, you know, like Brock Brock, Brock Bowers, I think his name was. Yeah, Bowers, yeah. He was one of the best freshman tight ends in the country last season. And I, you know what it made me think of? How physical are those Georgia practices when it's good on good? 
Cause you got. I was thinking the exact same thing, man. Watching. Cause you got these defensive linemen and these linebackers who are like that. They're coming from a Kirby Smart defense, so there's a certain type of guy that Kirby Smart recruits. He wants the guys that edge. He don't want the guys. Like, yeah. He wants the guys that edge. And they're going against those tight ends every day in practice. The running backs, you know, George always produces good running backs. Yeah. And I'm just like, yo, like I can't. And then you think about those type of corners. Obviously, Pickens is in the NFL now, but he was just there last season. Yeah, and so you got Pickens level physicality going against a corner. I'm, I I cannot emphasize y'all enough. If you see in college football, I don't know, maybe not the Pac-12. If you see an SEC cornerback walk out there with no gloves on, <laughs> <laughs> you remember whenever uh, Kevin Hart, I think one of his things says, "A man walks in and it hits his knee two times. He's an assassin." <laughs> That's exactly what yeah. I mean. when I see a corner. Yeah, so yo, Georgia. I mean. I mean, they just made such a statement. It just seems like they're just rolling. It's all right, who's up next? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I, I think, you know, to, to go back to what you said about Session Bennett, it probably helps out a lot that he doesn't have JT Daniels there anymore. And it's, you know, kind of that constant conversation of, you know, oh, who's better, you know, Stetson or JT, who should be other Stetson or JT. So it probably helps just having that clear mind, just knowing, you know, this is my spot. You know, I can mess up a few times and I ain't got to worry about a quarterback pulling me, so. That can, you know, a player's confidence can, can you know, dramatically, you know, change their play. So, yeah, yeah, I definitely noticed that as well. Absolutely. And I think Georgia just kind of put everybody on notice, too, throughout the season. It's like, we're still here. Like, you know, you're thinking, like, okay, they, they lost a lot of guys in the NFL next season. This might be, you know, maybe a year for – nah, they're right at the top. And I think they play yeah. right in there. So, definitely put SEC East on notice, too. So, very interesting game. Such a blowout. We have a lot to talk about it, but really it's not too much to say. Oregon, good luck yeah. in the Pac-12, and we'll keep it moving to Ohio State. <laughs> Ohio State versus Notre Dame. And I think I kind of like doing this. What did you expect going into this game? Like, what were you expecting out of this game? Um, uh, It's, it's kind of tough to say. What I was expecting, um, really, I just say that because because when Notre Dame's involved, you kind of never know what to expect. You never, at least, you know, in my head, I never know what I'm going to get out of Notre Dame. I don't know if I'm going to get, you know, Tom Knott's program or, you know, middle of the pack program who, you know, kind of, kind of, you know, uh, cowers down against, you know, better competition. Um, I definitely say uh, I, I, you know, was thinking Ohio State was going to win it from the jump just because uh, part of it being that, you know, they were hosting it, they were the home team. Feel like if it was a neutral site, that might have you know changed it up a little bit. Um, but I will say Notre Dame definitely came out and played them a lot better than I thought they would. Agreed. Um, I thought, yeah, I, I thought Ohio State, you know, might just struggle a little bit out, you know, how to jump and then just kind of gap them at the end. But um, now it was a ball game pretty much the whole way through. Um, you know, Notre Dame, Notre Dame even took the lead, you know, at, in, in that first half for a little bit. Um, I can't remember if they were up at half or not, but. I just remember at the Carolina game, you know, checking the score and, and seeing um, Notre Dame was up at one point. Um, but, yeah, so they definitely played uh, Ohio State a lot closer than I thought. Um, but I will say uh, that it, it, it doesn't look like it's going to be much of a drop-off um, as far as, you know, uh, at, at the receiver position for Ohio State, you know, with them having two, uh, um, you know, two of their top receivers – um, going to draft with, with, you know, Garrett Wilson and, and Chris Olave. Um, it seems like them guys are at, at the receiver spot, Ohio State is just locked and loaded. They kind of, they are, you know, almost turning into a little, you know, kind of the new wide receiver you out there when you, you know, just look at all the guys that you're putting in the league uh, really by like the past five or six years. Um, so, yeah, I, I see they kind of just, um, you know, like I said, same thing, same thing with Georgia, just, you know, not, not rebuilding but reloading. Um, so I, I'll say that probably surprised me the most is just um, how how ready those receivers seem, you know, just to be able to step out there and, and make plays like they did. Um, so, yeah, I see all that to say uh, it definitely won the game I expected, just like I said, with Notre Dame keeping it that close. But I, I expected Ohio State to, to pull away from the jump. Yeah, you keep hearing Ryan Day say we need to be able to win those games, which is a very good point, but was not what we were expecting. was not what I was expecting. I expected C.J. Stroud to go in there, air this thing out. Marcus Frisman, yeah. who's the new head coach at Notre Dame, you can tell those players, like, playing for him. It was cool to see even whenever they first, were, they first realized he's going to be the head coach, how excited they were for him. 
and that's yeah. big, that's big shoes to fill to go in there into Ohio State, the place you used to play at first game. Everybody's amped up thinking Ohio State is national championship team and it give them fits from the jump. CJ yeah. wasn't clicking at first, uh, and I, I was kind of nervous. I'm like, but I just, I've seen him turn it around in a game, so it wasn't like, oh, what's going to happen? But it did, it did have me a little bit worried at first. Then my boy Jackson Smith and the Jigba goes out. He's apparently going to be out for two weeks with the leg injury. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking at it now, the hamstring. Yeah, and I saw him try to make go back out there, and it seemed like he was kind of operating as a decoy at times because you had to give yeah. him that sort of attention. But I was like, he's not able to go 100%. Then Julian Fleming, which I got to give you all the background information, another one of Ohio State receivers, the nation's top-ranked receiver coming out of class of 2018, uh, was ranked the number two overall player by 247 sports, was hurt pregame. So I was like, okay, he's out. Marvin Harrison started at Ohio State so well in the Rose Bowl last year with three touchdowns, the expectations were like sky. Yeah. So he had yeah. five catches for 56 yards, but he didn't have like the night. I think a lot of people thought like he was about to go in 100 yards receiving. Yeah. Best receiver in the country off rep. That didn't necessarily happen. But shout out Mecca Ibuka. Yeah. I, I got it. You know, I got, I got the bio. Y'all know I'm ready for this. Out of Seattle. Uh, let's see here. It was a consensus five-star prospect. Ranked the top one of the top receivers in the country, number eight overall player according to 247, and the 2019 Gatorade Player of the Year out of the state of Washington. Stepped up big in this game, 10 catches, 90 yards, a touchdown, and he kind of became the go-to guy. Yeah, for and, sure. And when you just listen to all these guys and all these awards, it's like, like you said, like what are they doing over there at Ohio State? And then all you see is the next one's coming in. I think like one of the yeah. top players coming out of Florida was there at the game. Did you see all the stars that were at this game? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was like awesome. Like, like they're, they're close to the Super Bowl type, you know, star power out there. No, for sure. Joe Burrow, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, yeah. LeBron James, Jason yeah. Taylor. Like, Jason, well, what? Yeah, what? I don't know what Jason Taylor was doing out there in Ohio. We <laughs> hit a, a rich fall. Like, hey, LeBron got an extra ticket. Like, I guess that's yeah. <laughs> I don't know all the stars are out to see. I think the crowd was excited to see Joe Burrow since, you know, he did spend a lot of time at Ohio State. But um, the running backs, I got to speak on the running backs, Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams, both average six yards a carry. You know, if your running backs are averaging six yards a carry in a slobber knocker yeah. game, you, you, you put yourself in a good position to be successful. Uh, yeah. Let's see what else we have here. Xavier Johnson. A former walk-on. I looked it up. Like, he ain't your traditional walk-on guy went out there for the tryout. This brother was a three-star receiver coming out, a three-star athlete coming out of high school. Uh, he chose to go to Ohio State walk-on, has the big catch. If I gave you the our roster of wide receivers and told you this was going to be the guy to catch the game one touchdown, <laughs> never, you never believe me. But, hey, I guess that just goes to show you just make sure you're ready when your number's called, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Y'all, y'all know Ohio State. Y'all know the boy Matt was ready for it. So I, <laughs> I, the defense, defense. I thought about that defense, new defensive coordinator coming from Oklahoma State. What I like is a very aggressive defense. It's a super aggressive, a lot of blitz combinations coming at you. Still a little bit worried about our corners. Not yeah. going to sit there and act like, this, like the first play of the game, went like a 60-yard catch. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so no I was like oh no you know what get, go get the other guy back but yeah. you know, like I said I like the blitz a lot, a lot of different blitz a lot of different looks uh being thrown and Michael Hall Jr the red shirt freshman defensive tackle big nasty is what a lot of times they call them <laughs> the tackle he apparently did some research on him the, the nation's number 54 overall player uh coming out of class of 2020 the number four ranked defensive tackle. And apparently all throughout camp, they have been saying, this is a guy he's been giving offensive linemen lots of troubles. He was just a force in the middle. And as we know in football, if you can have that kind of force in the middle and cause that type of disruption, it kind of messes up the timing for everything else for the offense. Yeah, for sure. So y'all y'all know I had a, I wish y'all could have seen the notes I had for this one. Uh, we Ohio State Buckeyes. <laughs> Luckily, while we wait to get uh, Jackson Smith, Najigba, and – Julian Fleming and those guys healthy. We got like Toledo and like two other small opponents next couple. Okay, weeks. yeah, I was about to, yeah, I was about to ask you, y'all play these next couple weeks. Yeah, so we'll, we'll be fine moving into like we gotta work on the corners. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna yeah. tell you, I'm, I'm because them corners. Like I, I always remember, I think two years ago when we played Indiana, them corners that I mean, them receivers in Indiana gave us so much fits. It always sticks in the back of my mind. It's like we'll be fine until Indiana. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, because I was I was doing that award out there that year. I remember exactly what game you're talking about. 
Man, we see how he turned out. So, I, I feel what you're saying. Yeah, they got time. It's funny. I was looking at a Denzel Ward Instagram a little while back. That brother had some cold pictures. And that was when they were doing Ohio State was mixing up uniforms a lot. Yeah, yeah. His old photos back whenever he, you know, Denzel Ward got the new contract, still in Ohio, he's over there in Cleveland. But uh, no, them, the, the, the fits with the captions, Denzel Ward was doing what he needed to do. But uh, yeah, no, I, what'd you say? No, 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 you good, go ahead. I will keep it moving, y'all. Thomas, full disclosure, was at the South Carolina Georgia State game, so he got to see everything live. <laughs> I had the Ohio State game on the TV, the South Carolina game on the computer, college football at its finest. Thomas, what did you think? Of, first of all, what did you think about the game day atmosphere with the new lighting, the LED lighting, and all this and third at the uh, Carolina game? Man, that I ain't gonna lie, I forgot. I completely forgot. You know, they were. You know, I was something new that they were implementing in the stadium this year. Um, so yeah, when they when they first, you know, when them, when them lights first went to go and that Samsung was playing, I ain't gonna lie, it, it was live, man. It was different. Um, I was about to say, you know, you know, I really, I can say both of us. We've been, you know, going to Carolina games, been at William Bryce, you know, plenty of times before growing up there. Um, so, you know, we, we've been to plenty, you know, big games, been a part of that big atmosphere, but this was different. Um, yeah, this was definitely different. Uh, like I said, just, I think just, you know, with, with the addition of Rattler, you know, it being week one in college football is like, I, I try to tell people like, that week one in college football, it's like that energy, it's just something different about week one. Like none um, of them. Yeah, like everybody just happened to be bad. Like it, it's, it's no type of bad energy, excited to see what the team can do for the year. So I think all of that just, just lumped up into one, man. That was, that was a, it was, it was a crazy environment. I ain't gonna lie. Um, and you mean, I mean, you know, not to mention Georgia State wasn't just no pushover team, so. You know, it wasn't like the crowd was just involved for the first quarter and it kind of died out. You know, it, it was a pretty decent game, but yeah, now that atmosphere was crazy. Yeah, I saw that. I knew because I feel like was was it Alabama or Georgia the first one to have those LED lights? Because I remember I can't remember who was first, but I know they both got them. I seen it and I said, oh, when I saw that, we know how SEC recruiting goes. It's like you, if you're yeah. in Florida, if Alabama's game day experience is like that. Yours need to be next up. Yeah, so I figured it, but it's just so different with Carolina with the sandstorm because you got the towels, yeah. you got the whole game damn atmosphere. Um, full disclosure for this game, I got a, got a phone call. I feel like Skip Bayless got a phone call before the game. <laughs> Somebody told me and they said, "Look, I ain't gonna lie to you. Georgia State might play this one kind of close." I'm like, I, they knew exactly what they was talking about. Georgia State was up in what the third quarter? It was either second or third quarter. But they were up. I can't remember if it was right before the half or right after. I want to say it was right before half where they went up to, went up 14-12. Quarterback was nice. The boys from Georgia State. It was cool to see Sean Elliott, uh, who apparently played football at Camden High School. It was cool to see them talk about that. You know, he's, he's back in his hometown or whatever. Well, you know, Camden's in Kershaw County, not too far, maybe 30 yeah. minutes out. But uh, first of all, Marshawn Lloyd, quick, titch, quick twitch fella. I didn't know what he was going to become after that injury. You know, sometimes that kind of messes yeah. up running backs. But what was your opinion on what you saw from him? And just in case y'all don't know, Marshawn Lloyd, running back South Carolina, five-star commit out of the state of Maryland, I want to say. He got injured last season. And so this is like, he's back rolling this year. Yeah, yeah. Now, it was definitely exciting to see. Um, like you said, you know, anytime a guy goes down with injury, you, you, you know, kind of wonder if he's going to bounce back the same, but, you know, it was a little different with um, Marshall and Lloyd because, you know, we kind of really, I mean, this is what, his, his third year, I want to say? Second um, or third, yeah. I can't remember his third or fourth, but however it is, his first couple of years, you know, we were just kind of waiting on that breakout moment, that breakout game or whatever, and we just hadn't got it yet. So it was definitely, um, you know, a, a good sight to see that in this game. Um, I mean, like you said, it, it kind of surprised me too. I didn't realize he was at agile. I mean, he was out there hurdling people, um, you know, making guys miss. He was effective in the passing game. Um, so I think he really just kind of showed off how he can be like every down back uh, if you really need him to um, after losing. I think Carolina lost two running backs last year with Kevin Harris and uh, Andre Wright. So um, I think, yeah, he's he really just trying to step up and show he can be that, that number one guy in that backfield. Yeah, and I think it's interesting, too, because while he definitely is the number one guy on that, that backfield, they still have Bell, who kind of plays that B-back, H-back position. Yeah. Also, but sometimes they put him in the backfield, and they have Juju McDowell, who's yep. kind of like a scat guy. So they, yeah, got plenty, yeah. Yeah, so they got plenty of guys that can make plays. When I, like I said, Georgia State gave them all they were looking for. Uh, two questions. One, what do you think of Spencer Rattler? What do you think of his performance? 
Man, I was sitting next to my boy, Ray, shout out my boy Ray Sean, whole Green family. You know, that, that's how I was there at the game supporting his brother and mine. Um, other side, you know, otherwise I would have been a Carolina, Carolina fan for the day. Um, but I mean, I was saying to him in the crowd about like mid third quarter after, after, uh, I think, was it a pick he threw? Yeah, I, I think he threw a little pick on the corner route. Um, but I told him, I'm like, it looked like the same guy from Oklahoma. You know, you, you know how those big arm guys all think they can fit, you know, every throw into every window. Yeah. It's, it still seems like he has some of those tendencies where it's like he's always looking for the big play. Because, um, I mean, that play he threw the pick on, it was a pretty bad pick. Um, little smash concept where it's like he had a running back. Or it was a rollout, so he had a – you know, a guy in a flat, little fullback, running back right in front of him. But he tried to throw, you know, the deep ball, which was a corner out on that play where he could have just, you know, threw it off, threw off a little dump off, got five, ten yards, got the first down, keep the sticks moving. But, you know, he took a big shot, tried to make a big play and, and ended up paying for it. So that's something I really ain't like to see um, as a Carolina fan because, like I said, that's, that's something kind of, you know, I, I saw him deal with a lot early at Oklahoma. So I kind of thought he, you know, would have left that in the past by now. Um, but – yeah, I'm, he, he definitely didn't wow me. Um, it, it wasn't um, – I mean, you can see the talent there just with, you know, he he definitely made some plays improvising outside of the pocket. Um, and, you know, some of the throws he did make were, you know, throws that quarterbacks we've had in the past wouldn't have been able to make. But, like I said, I, I still think, it, you know, that big concern is just his, his decision-making um, and him really want – you know, always wanting to go for that big play. So, uh, I, I definitely I definitely think he needs to show some improvement. Um, these next few weeks, because uh, I, I kind of thought he would, you know, hand, handle Georgia State a little better than he did. I mean, like I said, Georgia State's no pushover. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think he he definitely has some, some stuff to improve on these next few weeks. Hey, and it's funny, as we're talking about this, Clemson is playing Georgia Tech, and one of the weapons that he would have had is Jenkins, who just caught that touchdown. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> that was a player at Carolina before deciding to hit that transfer portal going to Georgia Tech. Thomas, I thought the exact – man, Thomas has been doing this a long time, y'all. It's funny. It's like – like I said, it's like going to class on Monday morning back at then. This is good. I was thinking, I'm like <laughs> – I sit there watch the game, and it's like, okay, you get Spencer Rattler, you expect to handle Georgia Tech decisively. Like, you expect this game yeah. score to be 57-2-7. You don't expect to be going to yeah. the third quarter with that. But there definitely are a couple throws. You're like, that's the guy. That's the guy. But yeah. then there are other throws where it's like, uh, now honestly, like I said, it's just like it's the third quarter and you're down to Georgia State. No disrespect to Georgia State, but you're just like, yeah. this guy was the Heisman Trophy. It was supposed to be the pre, like preseason Heisman Trophy, you know, exactly. one of the guys. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see as time progresses. South Carolina, luckily, I keep saying this for him, South Carolina fans, while they want the best, they're okay with just being a little bit better. Yeah. So it, he's, he's in a good situation because you win a couple games yeah. when – Three four SEC game, hey, kudos, you did your job, Spencer. So, what's up? Oh no, my man, not to cut you off. I mean, you right on the money with it. I was just about to say, honestly, man, with us Carolina fans, <laughs> if Rattler come out and beat Georgia, well, they'll be that be good. If he beat Georgia or Clemson, that, that's all we need in the season. I ain't gonna lie to you, that's a Carolina fan mindset. Hey, Jay, if you're looking at him like job well done, yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you. Hey, Thomas, it would be crazy not to mention his cat, Quavian White, from Georgia State. I had to look this up. This brother had two interceptions all over the place. I'm like, who is he? Turns out this brother was a two-time all-sunbelt conference cornerback or player, four-year starter in the secondary. He, hey, I think he holds the record at Georgia State for pass breakups straight out of South Carolina, Greer, South Carolina. So, you know, he was enthusiastic about going to play in the state of South Carolina. I don't – I'm assuming the University of South Carolina did not offer him. So, it's like now that he's got I'm, – I'm not 100% sure that. I'm just going to assume that. So, you know, he's like, we get to go back. I saw him catch that second interception. He took the ball, gave it to his mom. But you can't even do that in college football. <laughs> I was like, what? What were your thoughts on his performance, that two-interception performance? It was just like kind of was all over the field for the uh, Georgia Yeah. State. Yeah, now, nah, um, like I said, just becoming kind of, you know, being adopted into that Georgia State family. I have, I've been, you know, getting a watch from these past couple of years going to a lot of the game. And he's definitely a playmaker. He's the, uh, he's the punt returner, kick returner, too. Um, which, you know, uh, Coach, you know, Elliot's a little in as uh, loose, but, you know, letting him bring out kicks and stuff. But when he does, he, he is pretty electric with it. Um, 
but yeah, like you said, South Carolina product. Um, he's a real good athlete. Like I said, he, um, you know, just I've seen it in the return game before. So he's he's always looking for that ball out there um, whenever he's on defense. And and like you said, with the whole thing with uh, giving the ball to his mom, I didn't even realize it, Matt. Till we after the game, we were waiting on Rashawn, uh, Rashawn's brother to come out. You know, the locker room or whatever. And you know, he came out before him. He's talking to his family, and. I see his mom with two footballs in the hand. I'm like, Rayshon, I'm like, is it a game ball? So I'm looking over there and sure enough, she like turned one of them and I see the Carolina logo. I'm like, I didn't even know this man brought, he brought both his interception balls, his mom in the stand. I'm like, I don't know how in the world he got away with that. Cause like you said, they don't, they don't allow you, you know, run off the field with the ball in college or whatever. But no, um, yeah, like you said, Quay, he he's definitely a playmaker. Um, so, I mean, it was it was a few guys on that Georgia State roster that you know come from the state of South Carolina, so yeah, it, it was definitely a little homecoming for everybody. But that's like a yeah, that, that's probably like a dream performance right there. That's something you know he probably thought about, uh, you know, weeks, months leading up to the game, uh, you know, just coming home and, and putting on a show for his home state. He had a he had a lot of family members out there to see him, so um, yeah, he he definitely put on a performance for everybody. Hey, big-time players make the big-time plays in the big-time games. You know, this is probably one of the better teams that Georgia State would play this season. And so, sure. you know, sometimes whenever those guys go on and it's time for the combine or something, they'll be like, look at who these teams may have played. But he's like, look yeah. here. I went against y'all's uh, – the guy y'all thought was going to win the in a couple of years, got two interceptions. So, yeah. great performance by the guy. I don't know what – did he go to Greer High School? You know, high school he went to? I don't know if he went to Greer, but I no. think he might – I think he may have. He might have. Definitely from that area. So shouts out to the man. Uh, going to talk here. Going to kind of stay. Oh no, no, South Carolina. Got to mention this. South Carolina plays Arkansas next week. That'll be a challenge dealing with Richards. What, yeah. what the qu- quarterback for Arkansas? Um, KJ. KJ. Uh, oh Lord, man. We were drawing. Oh Jefferson. Jefferson. KJ, KJ Jefferson. Jefferson. <laughs> I remember when Chad Morse was recruiting him coming out. Uh, and I was like, hmm, it's going to be interesting to see what this guy turns into. That's a dual-threat quarterback that yeah. guy doesn't mind running behind his pass. He throw the ball a little bit. Obviously, one of his top receivers from last year is in the NFL now. What team did he head to? Was it Titans? Um, Titans. Yeah, Birds went to the Titans. There you go. But big target as well. But nonetheless, South Carolina heads there next week. And they beat – and Arkansas beat Cincinnati. Thought it was a fun – you know, Cincinnati fans have gotten not used – like, they're just not used to losing anymore. Yeah, you had Desmond Riddler for all this time. I think he's like one of the most winningest quarterbacks in college football history. He's now in the yeah. I think he's the backup for the Atlanta Falcons now. But it's just crazy. So they're like they lose a game, and you see there's a lot of these programs. Just like you lose a game, it's like you don't lose. Yeah, <laughs> what's losing? So interesting to see what happens to South Carolina there next week. We're gonna stay in the South Carolina region, I guess you could say. Uh, Clemson. Clemson's playing Georgia Tech right now as we are recording this episode live. Clemson has the lead, score 14-10, uh, third quarter, eight minutes and 30 seconds left. Thomas, you've been kind of briefly peeping this game. Well, anything you notice? Uh, that score, number one. Uh, it, it ain't looking like too much change from last year. I mean, 14 points below the third quarter. That just I ain't gonna say that bad, but that just that definitely in the Clemson, you know, that, that we've been used to over these years. Um, you know, I heard Dabo talking a little bit about DJ in the offseason saying, you know, he slammed up a little bit. Um, he's looking good. Uh I mean, like I said, I, I you know, I ain't gonna put too much on him because like I said, it's week one, you know, gotta get the kinks kings worked out, all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, you I I, I don't think too many people are expecting the 14 team game mid third quarter. Um, but I mean, like I said, you got to put up, you know, like I said, week one, got to work the kinks out. Georgia Tech, I mean, it's essentially a home game for Georgia Tech. It's right there in Atlanta, um, at the, at, you know, the, the Falcons, um, dome. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's a little bit of a home game for Georgia Tech, but, uh, like I said, I, I definitely thought Clemson was going to kind of come out, try to assert their dominance from the jump, especially, you know, just kind of trying to serve people up after the year they had last year, which was definitely a down year by their standards. Um, so yeah, I, I ain't too impressed so far. I, I'll tell you that. I ain't too impressed so far. Yeah, so I've been watching this game as well. Definitely was not expecting that score. Like, low-key, I kind of 
a couple of days ago, I was looking at like Clemson and Georgia Tech. I just assumed it was Saturday game. Like that's the Monday game. I'm like they're Clemson, yeah. Georgia Tech is the Monday game for the kids. Yeah, like that. Week. That's gonna be. I was saying that's gonna be the, the end cap for this weekend. Like come this on. is the big dog, and it. Hey, sure <laughs> enough, Georgia Tech. Now, one thing I do know, Georgia Tech hit that transfer portal pretty hard. And you oh, sit yeah. there and you watch this game, and it's like, okay, okay, these aren't just not to say Georgia Tech players usually aren't the best, but but like these aren't just no typical Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Like they're, they're moving yeah. pretty well. Um. Clemson, that defense. I'm telling you what, that defense is flying around. Their defense for Brent Venables to be gone, and who is now at Oklahoma, saw Oklahoma got the win. Their quarterback now is the guy that used to be at UCF, Gabriel. Yeah, Dylan Gabriel. There you go, Gabriel. Yeah, but for him to be gone, this defense is definitely clicking all cylinders. It seems like that Clemson offense is still trying to find out what they're going to do. They already showed my boy Cade Klubnick on the sideline. Look like he just waiting on his opportunity. I was about to say, you know, you ready to go. <laughs> he just watched Quinn Ewers. He just watched Quinn Ewers. Did he would do what he did at Texas this past weekend? And yep. he's looking around like I beat him twice. So, yep. <laughs> also seeing the guy from Georgia Tech receive from Georgia Tech Williams out there. He's already made a couple catches uh, for the Clemson Tigers uh, going out of the second quarter heading into halftime. So it's interesting watching him and. The quarterback for Clemson, I mean, the quarterback for Dutch Fork, this, like, what, two years ago? Mm-hmm. Will, trying to think of his last name, not Proctor, not Shipley. But anyway, he was a quarterback for Dutch Fork two years ago. He's yeah. playing receiver, and he's a punt returner at Clemson. But, yeah, no, this, the Clemson defense is flying around. Big name, K.J. Henry. Yeah. Get used to him. I think he's going to be pretty dominant this year when the next Clemson uh, defense alignment and going those first two rounds. Obviously, they have the big guy in the middle as well. I don't know if his name is Austin. He's like a five-star defensive tackle. Uh, he's been playing pretty well today as well. But uh, it's just interesting to keep an eye out on those Tigers. Uh, yeah. Going to keep moving down to some little history. You know, we do a little history on this show all the time. Billy Napier, who was the offensive coordinator at Clemson before Chad Morris got there. I don't know if y'all remember whenever Chad Dabble Sweeney fired him after Clemson lost. I want to say to the University of South Florida is whenever they – Taj Boyd had just gotten started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember – oh, I remember that. I remember watching that at my grandma's house. Exactly. So, I remember watching, like, Thomas, they just remember, remember watching that previously. But anyway, Billy Napier has come a long way now. He's the head coach at Florida, and they got the win over Utah. You know Utah was ranked number seven in the country? I did not know that coming into that game. They're like big matchup. I'm like, why? Florida versus Utah. Florida knocks them out to so like number seven ranking. I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they were, but big win. A lot of the country got introduced to Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson, 6'4, 238 pounds. Apparently, he's been labeled as a freak of nature at the University of Florida. Uh, what is it? Just below 10% body fat, runs a 4'4 and can throw the ball 75 yards. And you just saw some of the passes he was throwing. He just seems exciting. Yeah, no, nah, for sure. Um, I was about to say, we got a, a, a good little look at him last season. He was kind of sharing, splitting a lot of snaps with um, Emory Jones, you yeah. know, the guy who was there last year. He, he transferred to Arizona State. Um, but, yeah, so he, he never really got like that. I ain't going to say he never got a chance to be the true number one. But, um, like I said, he was just splitting a lot of snaps with – uh. Him and him and Jones, um, but yeah, you you saw some glimpses of it last year with him running the ball, throwing the ball. I know he had a real good game against South Florida last year, where he kind of showed off, um, you know, the big arm. But if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, I ho- I hope I'm not you know sounding crazy when I say this, Matt. But I think he played running back in high school. If I'm not mistaken, I don't know. I don't know if it was like full time running back or something. Um, like I said, I may be wrong. I I, I hope I ain't tripping saying that. I might I might be wrong. Um, but nah, yeah, he he's definitely freaking nature for sure. Um, like you said, you you can just, I mean, just see on the screen, he's a real big guy, real cut. Um, he's like he's just like a smooth athlete to me. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited to watch him. Um, he he throws a, a nice ball to me, he has a lot of zip on it when he throws it. Um, so yeah, and it it was exciting to see how you know even though they were down for a lot of that game against Utah, how he was able to you know kind of rally his troops and, and rally them back at the end. So. That'll definitely give a guy a lot of confidence going into um, the rest of the season, especially when, like you said, hey, Utah ranked at number seven. So top 10 win to, to you know, start off your season, that's, that's you know, that's definitely a great way to jump it off. 
And especially after watching Emory, it just didn't seem like the fan base really ever embraced Emory as their guy. It was always like yeah. get, Anthony, get Anthony in here because I think Anthony was like a five-star guy as well. Yeah. So yeah. Was, they were like, yeah, so now they have their guy. They're exciting. It's almost like they get to tell the coaching staff, see, we told you, put him in. And now yeah. forget all the development that happened in the offseason, all that stuff. Throw that out. Emory Jones got the win at Arizona State. He seems like he's going to be a good fit at Arizona State. Um so with all these quarterbacks moving around, it's ridiculous. We're going to talk about another one, the guy that used to be at Arizona State before Emory Jones got there, Jaden, what's his last name, Jaden Daniels, who's now on the quarterback at LSU. They played Florida State last night. Jameis Winston was in the building. Shout out Jameis Winston. <laughs> what were your thoughts on the game? Uh, it was it got good at the end. You know, it was a little slow. I can't even say it was a little slow to begin with. I guess if you – a little LSU supporter like I am, it was a little slow to begin with. Um, Florida State definitely came out and, and just kind of the energy they played with and just really how they were able to hang with LSU and, you know, ultimately get the win was definitely got to be like a, a breath of fresh air for Florida State fans, just, you know, where they've been at the past couple of years. Um, so, yeah, it was an exciting game. Um, I, if you're on the other side of LSU fan, it's kind of disappointing because, you know, it's, it kind of looks like it may be another season similar to last year. Um, my boy Kayshawn Boutte did not have a good game at all. Um, you know, supposed to be, you know, arguably the best receiver in the nation. You know, he got a seven on his back this year. I think he had like two catches for 20 yards. And I think both of the catches came in like the fourth quarter. So they had, yeah, they, they had him on lock the whole game. So that, that definitely wasn't a good sign. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I just didn't like how, uh, LSU, they, they just didn't really seem to, to show that much offense in the game. I mean, Jaden Daniels definitely showed how he was a threat, you know, with his legs and stuff. But, I mean, it took him to the fourth to get, I think, like 14 points. Um, so, like I said, uh, it, it was an exciting game at the end. And, and just really that last four quarters probably the most exciting part of the game. But if we're looking at the game as a whole, LSU definitely had an underwhelming performance. Um, but I think Florida State kind of came out and, and – um, you know, showed that they're – I ain't going to say, you know, Florida State's already back, but I feel like them days, you know, them, them days uh, or these past couple of years where they were just kind of getting walked over by, you know, teams in the ACC and other teams in the country. I feel like they those days are kind of over with, and, and they're going to be bad to compete in real soon. It might not be this year, but, you know, I ain't going to say they're going to win the ACC or anything, but like I said, just the trajectory that they're headed on kind of seems like, you know, in a few years they'll be back as, you know, you know, one of the top, top dogs in college football, if, if, you know, if they play the cards, right? Yeah, you need that. The ACC needs for Florida State to be better. They need Miami to be good because otherwise, like, it's just not fun watching the Florida State game and they're, they're down to Jacksonville State. And the thing is, the fans aren't even surprised. It's like, yeah, I'm because yeah. I'm coming. Like, it's not good for the ACC, uh, especially when it's crazy. Not too long ago, Jameis Winston, Jalen Ramsey, the guys, Derwin, Derwin, yeah, kind of there a little bit for this slide, but also goes to show you what Mike Norville is that the guy that they coach yeah. from yeah. Memphis is okay. His his system is working. You got to give it some time. They go in there, beat the SEC West, um, one of the top dogs, gen generally speaking, in uh, LSU. And because at the end of the day, the athletes at LSU, you know, I think LSU per, per state gets more players to the NFL than any other. If I'm not mistaken, like, it's weird how it's designed, but per state yeah. or something like that, they get more players in the NFL, so you know they got talent on that roster. Uh, yeah. See how Brian Kelly continues to get the things moving there. Yeah, the big news today was that that Kayshawn Booty guy, the receiver, about him deleting all his photos and the people think he's going to transfer and stuff. And you, he, was a, he was a good example of how receivers, if you kind of get off your game, then you, then you like, it looks bad if you're pouting at all, or if it looks like you're pouting and then the ball gets thrown to you, don't catch it because then it's like, yeah, that's, yeah, that, that, that's where everything will go left <laughs> for you right there. If you do all that pouting and then they come to you and you, make, you drop it, man. <laughs> yeah. That's about as bad as it get right there. Hey, on your head. So, yeah, so Florida State gets the win there. Seminoles uh, in Louisiana. Florida State goes there and gets the win to at a practically a home game for LSU to find a score of 24-23. Gives them something to talk about in recruiting, too. Like, look, hey, this is where we're headed. We beat LSU. Okay. Who, who knows who's next? Going to keep it moving here. Southern Cal gets the win against Rice. I'm telling you, what, I'm not going to lie to you. After all this here talk, I don't heard about Caleb Williams this offseason. And as much as I've talked about their new head coach they have, I can't do I'm drawing a blank right now. Uh, um, Riley. 
Right. Yeah, Lincoln. I'm about to say Lincoln Riley. Lincoln, the Blender Cough Award winner in Southern Carolina. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm tuning in. I ain't like just passing by USC no more because I want to see what the talks have been about. So saw they won big. I think uh, the, the former Blender Cough receiver that came out of pit, I think he had two touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 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 two. Yeah. And to Caleb Williams and all that. They're in the right city. If they can get it going, what a hit by the Clemson Tigers. I'm telling you, that defense, that defense, they got that attitude back that I love to see from that, that defense. Uh, I keep wanting to say a Venables defense. They're his players, but, you know, that's the yeah. coaches now. Yeah, like you said, it's about that attitude. It's that attitude on defense. They fly around and hit hard. And when you watch Clemson's defense a lot of times, in, regardless of their offense, you think that defense can compete with some of the best teams in the country. Yeah, I don't know about that offense, but that defense, and I'm trying to figure out if that guy is out there right now that I was talking about, defensive tackle. Uh, it starts with a B. He's a five-star defensive tackle. He injured his shoulder or something. Uh, last um, year. You want to talk about, was he a freshman last year? Yes, he was a five-star. Oh, I can't remember. He's going to be out there unless he got hurt. In the yeah. Like yeah. I said, y'all, this is, this is as live as it gets. We are watching the game while <laughs> We're going to keep it moving here. Oh, the corners. One thing I love to see, too, and maybe I've just been watching the right games, these corners are fighting on these screens. Yeah. These corners is not sitting there and letting these receivers do them in. They are fighting through these screens. And you also love to see corners making those open field tackles. Yeah. Yeah, okay. got to. Them, them are some of the hardest plays to make right there, them, them tackles out of space. Exactly. When it's just you and him. Yeah. And so uh, we're on to, real quickly. You tell them, you watch that App State North Carolina game? Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I ain't gonna say I watched it all the way through. I caught really, I caught uh, a lot. I think I caught more of the first half than the second, but I mean, of course, I went back and watched and you know, saw that, saw that crazy fourth quarter. Chase Bryce, the quarterback, is not a quarterback at App State after leaving Clemson, where he was the it was quarterback, highly touted quarterback coming out of Grayson High School in Georgia, went to Clemson, went to Duke for a year at App State now. 40 points in the fourth quarter. Then I also kept saying, is that Gene Chizik's in trouble. I don't even know how you go back in the coaching room off once. And it clearly it's not all his fault, but your <laughs> defense. It's like, yeah. like if I'm the head guy, I'm like, we just gave up 40 points in the fourth quarter at North Carolina to App State. No disrespect to App State, but North Carolina's supposed to be able to get a different tier of athlete. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that was crazy. North Carolina pulled off the win. It's 63-61, big game. Uh, I've already mentioned the quarterbacks in new places. We saw Quinn Ewers, Quinn Ewers, who, we, as we know, is one of the top players, one of the, highly, the highest touted players coming out of high school who went to Ohio State for a semester and now is at Texas. We saw him get the win this week. Playing faction, people in Austin are excited. Bama comes to town next week. What are you expecting? Ooh, I'm expecting a blowout. I ain't going to lie. Blow I think – I think Saban's going to. I think Saban's going to kind of, kind of send a message to the to you know Quinn Ewers. You know, since he's so young in the game, I think Saban's going to try and make a statement and you know, just you know let his boys know don't even play with him. Just go out here handle your business. You know, because I mean, yeah, I, I just think Saban's got to come out with that attitude of you know Texas can't hang with us. Especially they going you know into Texas. You really got to. He, he really going to have to get Bama in that in that Bama mindset of like all right. You know, it's, it's Alabama, you know, we Alabama, let's go ahead and handle this. I mean, uh, that's definitely, like I said, I, we don't see these matchups a lot between Big 12 teams and SEC teams. And, you know, Bama actually going to play at Texas, you know, in a neutral site game or anything like that. So, um, and, you know, like you said, with you with, with coming off a, of a big week last week, you know, he's got people believing he's the real deal. So I think Saban's Shaven, going to kind of come in there with, crazy to say, you know, Bama having a chip on their shoulder. But, you know, like I said, I, Feel like Saban might come in there with a little chip on his shoulder, um, you know, since since U.S. has kind of been the talk of you know college football the past couple of days, and you know he, he's going to be wanting to come in there and prove a point to the nation. And then you got Jalil Billingsley, who we talked about in the previous episode, who was a tight end at Alabama, who also returned kicks, who's now at Texas. You got Steve Sarkeesian, the head coach, who was just the offensive corner not too long ago at Alabama. There's a clip. I'm glad you said the Bama mindset. There's a clip I found on Twitter of one of the Alabama players kind of talking before the game about how we do at Bama. I'm going to play it right here. I think this is the perfect time to insert it. 
So imagine these guys going to Austin, Texas. They're, they're going to kill. It's going to be an exciting game for the first, second quarter, maybe. And I think they'll kind of run away with it. We got Will Anderson, one of the top defensive players um, in the country at Alabama. Defense with the Russian, or is he outside linebacker? You said uh, Anderson? Anderson. His name is Will Anderson. Or what's the first name? Yeah. You know, I think they You know, I think they label him as an outside linebacker. But you know how that is these days. It's like a lot of people, they label outside linebackers or edge rushers, you know. Yeah, so he should be out there, and uh, obviously, quarterback, former Heisman Trophy winner, he should be out there playing. He had a he had a Bryce 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 last name Bryce Young Bryce Young should have known that <laughs> Bryce Young had a couple of plays last game that were kind of little highlights, but I expect him to have them with guys ready to roll. I expect Bama to come through and win that one big in Austin to keep rolling like nothing happened. It's just another week of practice. There was a thing on Twitter that was so funny. And they're talking about the Bama mentality. And one guy said that he remembers whenever <laughs> he was a freshman, they didn't do practice the way to Nick Saban's standard. So Nick Saban said, we're going to start practice over from warm-ups. <laughs> yeah. And he said, I thought about turning his pads that day. So I'm, <laughs> sure, uh, I'm sure they'll get a roll in Tuscaloosa. And, uh, and it's nice that this isn't a neutral site game. It's like going to Texas. Yeah. At least for the beginning, it's going to be a hype environment. I also think they're going to show uh, – Oh, that's is that him right there? That's Williams right there from Dutch Fort. Just caught that pass. Zero. Oh yeah, I receiver. Yeah. Yeah, that's him right there. Um, Point zero. I, yeah, I think they're gonna show. I think they're gonna Saban's gonna give Quinn a whole bunch of looks because you know Quinn's just just a young guy. A lot of looks he yeah. had before with an elite defense like that, and I'm sure they'll uh, it'll be a learning lesson. Antonio Williams is a guy named from Dutch Fort. That's the receiver from last season. But just give him a lot of looks and kind of confuse him a little bit and kind of welcome them to the welcome Texas to soon to be the SEC. Yeah, no, nah, that's exactly what that's exactly what I had in mind. You know, when I said I feel like Saban's gonna, I feel like he's gonna come after him. You know, send a lot of pressure at him, like you said. Just give him a just different stuff to look at in general. You know, he might run man covers three straight plays, but you know he might give him a different look at it every time. So, like you said, I think he'll just be trying to get in his head, have him you know kind of overthinking. You know, kind of like Sam Donald said a couple of years ago on Monday Night Football, having seen ghosts. Um, so yeah, I, I think Saban will come in there with a, with a game plan for him. Definitely excited. A lot of people were hating that it's a, such an early game because you know it's Central Time. So yeah. Eastern time is a noon game, but Central time is 11 a.m. So it's like, yeah. really, like we can't get this a nice game. But a lot of times due to contracts and stuff like that, that's kind of out of their control. Last, two last things. One thing, Thomas, man, you've been talking about this forever. DJ just scores a touchdown. Clemson goes up 24 to 10, and I don't see any flags. So there you go. Clemson's getting it going there. But um, college football playoff. Like on a random, it's almost just like how whenever they announce USC's going to the Big Ten, it's just yeah, random. that was random. Oh, we're moving to twelve games. Like that has been like the talk of the times for including having a home. They're gonna be home playoff games and first round buys. Thomas, what are your thoughts? All right, before I get my thoughts, I could have sworn they just had like didn't the committee just meet and say that they weren't going to expand it? Absolutely. I'm trying yeah, to Yeah, so that, that kind of threw me off. Like, I could have sworn it was like they couldn't even renegotiate, you know, for like another three or four years. But either way it goes, I'm 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 happy to see it. I thought this bend should have happened. I mean, from the jump, I never really – okay, first couple of years, I was just happy just to have a playoff system in college football, you know, tired, you know, glad that we left that BCS area where it was. But after about the – probably about the fourth or fifth year of the playoff, we kind of started seeing like, all right, you know, one, we're seeing a lot of the same teams. And two, just with that committee having to come down to four teams every year, we were seeing a lot of guys get left out that we thought should have made it. So I think that'll cut that out of just, you know, I think it'll, I feel like it'll make the decisions a little easier. Um, but it also, I think, I think it's just going to help the whole landscape of college football because it'll be easier on the coaches now because coaches will have a little bit more leeway because it's not like we got to be ranked in this top four at the end of the year to have a chance at the national championship. Just for teams in general, I mean, 
at, at a lot of time in college football, it feels like, man, you lose one game. It's like your season's over. That's a wrap. Especially, yeah, especially you lose it after, you know, you lose week one, week two. Okay, you know, you got time to shake back. But, man, once you get in the conference play, it feels like you will lose one game. It's a wrap unless, you know, you can go back, win your conference, do all that. But, you know, it, it, it's a long road back. So, I feel like, yeah, with expanding it to 12 teams, it just – I, like I said, this is going to help college football as a whole because, I mean, fans can stay tuned into a team and really be like, okay, I, you know, we might have lost a game or two, but we get that, you know, 10th and 11th spot. You know, that, that's all we need is, you know, just to get in that tournament. You know, we can make a run at it. So I definitely think it's, it, it's a good move. I think that's kind of what, um, you know, whoever the voting committee was, I, I feel like they kind of sat down and that's kind of what they realized is like it, it really would be a lot more beneficial to us to include more teams in this playoff than to just have four because, like I said, I mean, it seemed like we were getting pretty much the same, at least, you know, out of the four teams, you get about two of the same ones every year. You know, but you know, Bam was going to be in there every year. I think what was last year, the first time Clemson wasn't in it. Yeah. Wasn't in the playoffs since, you know, since they started, you know, their run with winning championships. Um, Georgia. You know, Ohio State's been in it about every other year. So, you know, it, it, it was just like, you know, people wanting to, you know, kind of change the scenery and, I definitely think the 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 liveest part is, is the fact that the first round games are gonna be at um, you know Tigers home stadium. That is gonna be crazy, man. That's gonna be that's gonna be a whole different type of vibe right there. Having a playoff game at the home stadium, that's gonna be different. I ain't gonna lie, that's gonna be different. So no, nah, I'm 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 real excited for that. I heard the latest it'll happen is 2026, but I think the earliest they can implement is 2024. So. You know, that's what I'm praying for right there. I'm, I'm praying 2024, we got that 12 team playoff set. Cause man, that, man, that could be, yeah, we, we could be on some entering the golden age of college football type stuff then. I mean, that that's just going to be crazy, man. I can't, I can't even imagine. Hey, let me tell you something. It's like we, we've been loving college football a long time. But this is like another debate. Like, can you imagine yeah. being on a play or campus at a college when it's the playoffs and they're playing the game at that home stadium? The hey. electricity will be there and it's the end. And so, you know, for a long time here, we've been having a lot of guys who just end up sitting out at the end of the year. Not only are you in the end of the year, you are 100% tuned in. It's exciting. It's a little bit colder outside. Maybe if a guy's a little injured, it's like, yo, we got a home playoff game. It's going to be exciting. I cannot wait. This year, I'm going to the Rose Bowl unless they don't have the Rose Bowl. I'm going. <laughs> I'm, I'm so I, sat, I sat there and watched the granddaddy of them all from Columbia for a long time. I'm too close to it. I'm going. But after this, so once I had that checked off my list, I just got to go to a playoff game on a home campus. I'm, I am super, and I'm sure hopefully there'll be night games too, so. Yeah, yeah. You know how that is. That's going to be amazing. You just hope that with football, there aren't so many injuries. You know, you start. Exactly, yeah. I was about to, no, nah, nah, go ahead. Okay, what you got? No, nah, I was just about to say, I wonder if they're going to make any changes to the amount of games in the regular season, you know, because that's, I mean, it's a 12-game regular season already. If it's 12 teams in the playoff, and they said the, the top four going to have a bye week, if you and that, if you outside of the top four, that's where you playing the extra. I mean, already with the playoff, you would already be playing. Conference championship would be game 13. First playoff game will be 14. Second will be 15. So, I mean, you're going to have teams playing, what, almost about, about 15, 16 games if they, you know, go all the way. So, it'll be interesting to see if they, you know, make any changes, cut back on the game, or two, in the, you know, in the regular season or something. That definitely um, wouldn't. That definitely would not be the worst idea. That they probably yeah. Because like I said, I'm talking about like we talking about guys about playing the NFL season at this point, like twelve regular season and conference championship. Then, like I said, you know, your first round, second round championship. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's that's a lot of that's a lot of football right there. And you know that'll just lead into you know you think about guys who are juniors and seniors when they go into this draft prep. You know that might be you know cause and concern. You know they're like I mean think. All right, let's let's you know not to ramble. Let's fast forward about seven years from now. You got a guy from Bama coming out who done played three years in the college football playoff. I mean, that's three times he done played. You know, 13, 14 plus games. It's like, well, you didn't have about half an NFL career already. You know, Jeez. we about to draft you as a rookie. So, like I said, I, I don't want to think too far ahead, but it's you know it, it, it could be a lot. You know that play out with this. So, 
the wear and tear has already been put, especially like yeah. or something. The wear and tear has already been putting on you, and then now you're telling me we're gonna go draft them in the first round. Oh, and then mm-hmm. you got going through those Bama practices. They really need to. Get, they need to get you on that committee. That is a very yeah. good point. They need to. They're really gonna have to sit really consider that because otherwise, man, oh man. And what you don't want is a top ranked team going in there without their starting quarterback because yep. it's like they're in the playoff. But who do they have here? So definitely, and does that does that lead to teams resting guys? You know, if Bama going in the, I mean, that sounds crazy, but like, think of Bama's undefeated going into the SEC championship. It's like other than the top four spot, we know we in there. Yeah. So what's the point? You know what I'm saying? What, like, go on now. We got a hundred thousand these trophies, and you have to think about it too. If you have top players, it's like now I want to sit out to protect, you know, protect my whatever if I go to the league. Yeah. Yep. We got a playoff, big fella. And that guy would have been a guy that would have played in the Fiesta Bowl, which is outside. Yep. So just been able to set out for a prime example, like Denzel Ward, uh, yeah. that year, whenever I think Ohio State was playing Notre Dame. Yep. Whenever Jay, it's like now you, you got a decision because it's a little different when you're playing in the other game. We kind of understand. We playing in this playoff, you need to be on this field. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. NIL. Everything's going very excited for the conversations. And by that, NCAA will be back out again. So whenever I'm not watching the game, <laughs> and it's always everybody <laughs> kick us out of here. So last thing I want to hit you with, NFL season's kicking off here. Oh, life is good. NFL yeah. season's kicking off here. <laughs> it looks like Thursday night you got Bills versus the Rams. Give me a quick prediction. Who you got? Quick prediction. I'm going to say Bills. I'm going to say the Bills. Um just I mean, there was a game away from the Super Bowl last year. Um, and they added, you know, they added just some talent through the draft. Um, only concern, Trey White isn't going to be playing. I did just see that this morning. He's going to be on the inactive list for that game. So, they Bill's going to be without their top corner. Um, ooh, I don't know. That might, how do I say that? That might change my prediction a little bit. They're going to have Cuff out there just running wild. I might have to go with the Rams now. Um, and they added Bobby Wagner. Ooh, that's. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, I gotta switch that. Yeah, they they gonna get they gonna have the little ring ceremony and all that. I'm assuming for that game. So I, hey, maybe not ring ceremony. This ain't the NBA, but like I said, that just that first game back, you know, after winning the Super Bowl. So yeah, I think yeah, if I if I gotta pick one, I'm gonna go with the Rams. That's crazy. You got Wagner, you got Donald, you got Ramsey. Those yeah, stars, that's, that's a defense right there. The yeah. Stars out in LA. And the crazy thing is, like, as good as that division is. Nowadays, elite that division with the Chiefs and the Raiders, and that oh, division, yeah. the Chiefs is stacked. And then you got that's gonna be crazy. And then you got the AFC North with the Steelers, the Browns, Cincinnati, and the Ravens. There's a lot of divisions in the NFL at this point where it's like, I don't know, it's gonna be tough. Yeah, it's, it's tough sled every week. Bring your lunch pail. It ain't no like, yeah, right. yeah, for sure. Even like, you know, sometimes people would have said in the past, like, okay. You play the Dolphins. If you're in that division with the Patriots, you got the Dolphins. You got a week. Nah, that Patriots division turned up. Nah, nah. Now you got Tyreek Hill out there, and you got Waddle, and you got Tua, and so I don't yeah. know. It's a lot going on, y'all. This has been a great episode. I feel like this this one definitely did not uh, disappoint. I hope not. I hope y'all had a great <laughs> time listening. Many more of these to come. Thomas, I'm not going to lie to you. I kind of like this here dynamic watching football while analyzing it. I- <laughs> Yeah, yeah, get yeah, get the mind flow for sure. You're seeing that you're kind of announcing what you're seeing there. I feel hey, I feel like we're uh like what did Brady and them do? What did Brady and them oh, do? Oh, yeah, no, I know you talking about the little mannequins, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yo, <laughs> and we call it red coat lane, as we call it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all. Hold on, my bad, man. Not to cut you off. Is that CJ Spiller on the sideline? He coached for Clemson? Yeah, he does. He does. Dabble actually does a really good job. What a catch by that tight end. Dabble does a really good job of, like, getting those Clemson players back on campus to coach and whatnot. Uh, what's that guy? Artavis Scott, who is, I think, is coaching on the team, too. The guy who's – Oh, in, for real? Yeah, he's all tar Oh, wow. Yeah, so the Dabble does a really good job with that. He just keeps them in, and everybody takes a lot of pride in it because, you know, you went to that school, you played for that school, and uh, now, you know, you're carrying the ball. Yeah, and that's and that's because I hope I ain't about to get cut off here, but that people be sleep on man when you play football through college, especially at that D1 level, and guys, you know, had a short stint in the league. It's like you really don't know nothing else but football. It's like that's so. And when you think about it in the job force, I mean, there's not you know too many jobs out there relating to football other than coaches. So it's yeah, like, yeah, you definitely got to be looking out for them former players. Who, you know, when 
when that league stuff don't work out, they kind of be like, you know, what do I turn to? All I know is football. And it's like they got a plethora of knowledge to give these the guys. Yeah. That I literally just like I just walked out of the building yesterday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What was it? CJ was a matter of fact. CJ was the one who kind of got. What is our guy's name? He was a running back twenty. Lynn J. Dixon. Yeah. He yeah, really okay. didn't have the best off season or was having the best camp. And Tony Elliott was his quarter uh, was running backs coach for the longest at Clemson. CJ came and said, "Nah, I don't see him doing it. He's not playing." And so I was NJ, I think I ended up going to West Virginia, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But uh no, CJ Spiller, hey, you like you sometimes like that a coach isn't afraid to go in there and be like, nah, I don't, yeah. I don't see the effort instead of just going along because the guy's talented. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right, right. Yeah, so Thomas has been a great episode. Uh hope you all enjoy listening. Uh thanks for tuning in. You got anything else, by the way? No, nah, man, I think I'm all good. All right, great. Uh, let's see if he makes that catch. Ah, all right, y'all. That's all we have for this week. Peace. <laughs> Yeah, life, life is the only thing we need, they need me to go but I don't wanna leave, rest in peace little kid. Fuck a pigeonhole, I'm a night out, it's a different mode, I'ma have to make a paint of six on a pinky toe, heard you with a shooting guard, just let a nigga know, 